So, uh, what do you think of the trailer that we just watched, Travis? Call of the Wild. Yeah. His name was Buck. Okay. <laughs> that, yeah, that, like, you, you, you called out the, uh, the vulgarity. Uh, I just, just, I will not say. It's I, the I line you, from uh, Kill Bill. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not the line from, oh, that is from Kill That's Bill. That's from okay, Kill Bill, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, as soon as you said, oh, there's. It's Buck. I'm like, <laughs> in my mind, the exact same thing, and then you said it. Um, I mean, it looks like if you, if you want to <clears throat> see, uh, you know, like this, the wide spanses of Alaska and a, a dog that's, if not totally computer animated, at least partially computer animated. No, that is a totally animated, well, unless they've got a dog with tennis balls on it, which, which Could be. then what is the point? Like, Maybe there- they just put the the tennis ball in the dog's mouth is there as a, a toy and he's it, like cool do we have a dog equivalent of andy circus now yeah is there just a, a golden retriever out there that put the circus. tennis balls out and then it freaks out because it's <laughs> it, 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 it the tennis balls are on me i can't get them what do you, you know like, buck was actually played by a, a border collie yeah that that just was it, the concept of making a dog centric movie but the dog is all cgi like that what do you think that the what do you think the meeting was on that? Like, well, we want to make Call of the Wild. Like, okay, we'll get a get a hold of all the best dog trainers in Hollywood, and someone said, "Whoa, whoa hold the phone." <laughs> what if, but CGI? I think that's exactly why they did it. Is you get the perfect shot every time out of that dog. You get yeah, but it's the, always, the it perfect always direction look, out of that dog. But it always looks like it's in CGI. Yeah, and you, some people you don't said care. last week, okay, this dog's in CGI. Five years from now, everyone looks at that and goes like, Ugh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it'll be outdated, if not when it comes out. It kind of looked a little, honestly, and I hate to be critical. I'm not usually a critical guy, but it didn't look super realistic in the trailer. But maybe, maybe they're still, you know, tightening it up. Maybe, maybe enough people will complain and they'll go back and give it bigger give eyes, it Sonic. like Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic, I put uh, improved Sonic on those. Which, by the way, Travis. <laughs> yes. Welcome to late to the party with Travis Tate. I'm Travis Tate. I'm Ian, apparently. Ian. You look like an Ian. <laughs> like Old Jake looks like an Ian. But I have a nephew named Ian. Last name he's a great kid. So Ian, a, Ian's a, a, a well-respected name in my house. Okay, well, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad to be respected in the Tate house, finally. <laughs> I think it was Adam, right? The, yeah, it was Adam. It, it was, I mean, I, I shook Adam's hand. There, No dirt on that. Like, it, completely realistic <laughs> that he would, you know flub the name just that he heard briefly but yeah like <laughs> what was it ian no jake oh, he looks like an ian yeah. that's oh, a classic okay. uh cover for yourself move right no there. I, that, that's what i'm sure that's his go-to right that's got to be uh i don't know it might be uh, i was sad i was sad that i wasn't here for that it sounded like you guys had a really good time but it was really enjoyable listen yeah it was kind of an impromptu i still had all the the gear out and he was like, "Well, let's record." And I was like, "Okay." And then just out of nowhere, Spencer showed up. So yeah, and then he uh, hopped on. So who uh, who from the wait staff kept popping? Oh, in? Aaron. Aaron. Aaron kept popping in. Yeah, Aaron cameos. Yeah. <laughs> trying trying to get orders from from the headliner for that night. Good times. So, it was a fun weekend without him, actually. Yeah, I, yeah. I opened for him up in Ogden. Good times. Man. I got to do nice long sets hey. up there. That was that was a lot of fun. We uh, we likes a nice long set. <clears throat> oh yeah. Uh, Went out for pie after on, on Saturday. Yeah. Went to the Village Inn. Yeah. Up in Ogden. Uh, I, I told him about dump cakes. He had never heard of a dump cake. He didn't believe me That's they existed. Such a bad had name. to Google it. <laughs> That's such a bad name. 
And then at, when he didn't believe the dump cakes, I told him all about those Jello cakes. Okay. Where you poke the holes in it and pour the Jello over top. Yeah, there you go. It's like this is madness here in Utah. No wonder you got to keep the alcohol low. <laughs> Utah cultural <laughs> cuisine. You guys came up with this stuff while you were sober. <laughs> so that Call of the Wild trailer. I don't know if you got this. If I say that 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 gave me a very '90s B movie vibe, does that mean anything to you? I know what you're talking like about, a, but it was it was higher quality, like than a that. Patrick Swayze Tall Tale or the Indian in the Cupboard kind of fit. Yeah, I, of like, yeah, I know what you're what you mean. It does seem more high quality, and the fact that Harrison Ford is in it, I don't know. It just kind of gives it a little bit of credibility. And hey, I'm assuming I just this mentioned is a, that Patrick Swayze was in Tall Tale, along with Oliver Platt. Oh yeah, Oliver Platt was in it. Who was he again? He was he was Paul Bunyan. <laughs> yeah, he was Paul. And then there was Johnny Appleseed, right? Again, no, it was uh, and John Henry. Pecos Bill. Um, uh, no, no. Pecos Bill, Paul Bunyan, and John Henry. Yeah. I thought Johnny Appleseed might have been in there too, but I guess not. That was the trip. <laughs> Actually, I believe Tall Tale is on Disney Plus, so Yes, it is. You can go confirm it that is. For I, I I probably will watch it, maybe. Probably <laughs> I probably will watch it maybe. Yeah. Which is code for I will not watch it. <laughs> probably not. I did I did watch uh this thing on on Disney Plus. Uh, there was two episodes so far. I think there's gonna be more. And it was, I don't know exactly what the title was, but it was about the Disney Imagineering story. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. There was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, they went behind the scenes of the Matterhorn with, oh. the, with the original okay. uh, guy that pretty much designed the ride. So you got to see inside the guts of the Matterhorn, and they show the basketball hoop. They don't, they don't show the Sasquatch, do they? No, they don't show the oh. Sasquatch. That was, that was a bit of a bummer. But I guess everybody that's ever worked on that ride has signed the inside of the ride so they oh, show the cool. wall with everybody signing it and some people drew cartoons on it it was cool those things those things are pretty fascinating that i would like to check out um you know when you did that panel at fan x about the galaxy's edge stuff mm -hmm. uh that was really fascinating I, I wonder if they're doing the the robots thing over there yet or if that's still in testing phase i don't know but i think that that is going to be in a future episode of of that show that i was talking about because we watched the trailer for it and it shows kind of this thing flipping through the air and it made movements yeah just like spider-man like it kind of tucked one yeah, leg in sense. and stuck the other one out so it looks like it could be pretty cool oh, okay i'm excited no, i'm cool with that uh, i still regret the last two times i've gone to california that i didn't uh go to disneyland i i didn't go because i felt guilty going without my family but, <laughs> but at the same time i'm like man i really wish i would For have gone reals, though how awesome like don't tell them and then just start taking pictures of places <laughs> you are and sending them along i mean if i go back in in the early uh winter or spring i might just have to do it you need you need to do it and not tell them you need <laughs> what's to, where's the fun in that you need to <laughs> no you need to uh, but like i said you need to not tell them but then start sending them pictures like you know you just just there with a dole whip to send that to Penny and see. Oh, that's the thing that would get her because she loves the Dole Whip. I don't think I've ever had one. Oh, I really? Love the Tiki Room, but I don't think I've had a Dole you Whip. You can get Dole Whips at the Hogel Zoo here in Salt Lake. Is it the same? Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. I don't know. It's called Dole Whip. I, I think don't, it tastes pretty good. I, as dumb as it sounds, I kind of want it to be like I'm actually at. If, if I ever do that, I want to hold off and have it be like I am at the Tiki Room, get there before they get rid of it so my son brady found these candles and i don't know what they actually smell like but they're like disneyland scented candles so you can <laughs> okay. get some that smell like 
a Dole Whip or I, I don't know if there's one that smells like Bengal barbecue, but the, okay, like, there's different things in the park that, that have the certain smells. So I need to get on there and, and maybe that will be like Christmas presents or something. I don't smells know. Smells like exhausted fatherhood. Yeah. Like sore feet. And... This one smells like the smoking area that got outlawed this year. <laughs> you just open it up. It's just a cigarette. You just light it. This smells <laughs> Let like it burn. this smells like creepy cast member who hasn't bathed. Cigarette butts. <laughs> yeah. So uh did you did you is there anything else you delved into on the Disney Plus this week? Cuz I I messed around a little bit, but I was pretty lackadaisical about it. Not, yeah, not really. I mean, it was pretty much just topical. We watched a bunch of uh, like Mickey Mouse shorts, so they've got a bunch of those on there. If you go, here's a trick I found, everybody. If you go to search, it will bring up a whole bunch of categories where it's kind of chunked things together. If you go to Disney through the years, it pretty much puts everything in chronological order throughout a decade. So it'll have the 20s and 30s, and then the 1940s, 1950s, and then so on and so forth. You guys know how numbers work. So it it kind of puts everything in chronological order. So it's kind of like you can figure out what you want to watch based on... If you only want to watch something from the 90s, then it's all going to be right there. Yeah, the menuing is pretty decent. And it, they're going to tighten it up, of course. It will get better. The, the thing I think they need the most is definitely a continue watching feature. Oh, I agree with that, yeah. That's a hundred percent. My, my Disney plus watching this week was I, uh, started watching, I, I got maybe a third into a, into like, like it's like called the mask of, or the sword of Zorro, something like that. And I bailed on that. I saw that on there. Time. Is it the original, uh, I can't remember what the actor's name, the guy that was in, uh, the show. I can't remember now, you know, oh, the space, you know uh, lost in space. I he was the know. dad on Lost in Space, but he also played Zorro. I don't know on the TV show. Okay, I wonder. It just wasn't doing anything for me. the ol- The only thing I really got out of it was uh, they had to use claymation for him to carve his Z into a <laughs> prison wall. <laughs> yeah, and it made, absolutely made those. I love that sound. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just not much. But then I, uh, while I was on the treadmill the other day, mm-hmm. dropped for my fitness. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched a, a fair amount of the Apple Dumpling Gang. Yeah, I, I've watched that a few years ago, and it was still a lot of fun. Uh, was ready for Don Knotts and Tim Conway. Did not know I was going to get Bill Bixby and Harry Morgan thrown at me. And uh, what, what's the woman in it? Uh, Helen Reddy? Is it Helen Reddy in might there? Might be. Might be. <laughs> Did not know I was going to get a murderer's row of TV stars thrown at me. Yeah, I mean, it's a fun movie. The Apple Dumpling Gang Rides Again is a lot more knots and conway slapstick because okay. it's pretty much just them i'm having an okay time with it i will tell you this and this i feel like this was a uh i don't know if this is something that's still a thing the kids in that movie are assholes yeah they're pretty whiny little they're terrible bill bixby has every ungrateful. right to want to ditch them yeah ungrateful like he turns his head for five minutes and they're trying to light everything on fire i forget is he actually their father no i forget no, the whole the relation is he trying it. to get something like some money no, out of him or something just like a local gambler uh just kind of hanging out in town and some dude uh some dude from the town says hey i'm a, like hey i'm headed out to boston tomorrow could somebody i got a real valuable package coming into town oh right. and bill Bix's like oh, i'll take care of it for you like <laughs> rubbing his hands together and it's kids <laughs> the guy skipped town and then and then harry morgan's like 
All right, I can't. I don't know. I don't know if I can do a Colonel Potter. Like, well, you ought to. You got to make sure you. T- no, I can't do it. Clinger. I don't know. I can't do it either. Okay. No, he's like, well, you know what? You said you'd pick him up, pick up his package. Now these <laughs> kids are yours. So, you know. And the rest was history. And uh, and then for that's the thing. It's supposed to be about this apple dumpling gang. It's not really about them at all. It is barely about them. Right. It is about Bill Bixby, forced fatherhood, on these kids who he turns his head for a minute and they get trapped in a mine. The courtship of the Apple Dumpling Gang's father. I guess so. <laughs> so I'm going to finish that. I'm, I, That's an old I am reference, having a pretty right good there. time with it because uh, again, I'm I'm charmed by actors of that era. Yeah, I, I, that's one that I, I've been meaning to get to. I kind of, my son, my oldest son wants to watch the uh, the Herbie movies. Yeah, I, I'll i I'll definitely dip my toes in Herbie. So, yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> the love bug, it's got some funny gags in it. I don't remember a lot of, like, Herbie Goes Bananas and Herbie Goes to Monte. I really don't remember much Herbie about Herbie Goes those. to Monte Carlo is the one with Don Knotts in it. And uh, there was a list of um, weird quote-unquote weird movies on uh, Disney+, Plus, and they, they acted like Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo is not the height of the Herbie movies. <laughs> Herbie Fully Loaded's on there. Herbie Fully Loaded's on there. It's, it's not. It's Trav, it's just not going to have what I'm looking for. Do you remember the controversy where, I don't know if it was true or not, but they had to de-bosomize Lindsay Lohan because she was too sexy? <laughs> like, digitally, they, they like... From D cup to C cup or something like that. Like that, that seems she like was too baloney. chesty. That seems that seems like a baloney. <laughs> I don't know. We'll ask Michael Keaton if we ever have him on. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Michael Keats, get at us. Um, I did also my Disney Plus viewing. Like I, I, I was a bit of a sampler. You know, I was a bit of a sampler this week, and uh, I took a swing at the Inhumans TV series. Oh yeah, how was that? Not not great. There was what like eight episodes of it. I don't know because I watched about half one, and I don't know if I'm going to continue with it. Has some performances in it, in it that look okay. How about the dog? The dog, uh, Lockjaw. Lockjaw, that's it. Like okay, I could see it being a endearing kind of thing. Who who does the voice for Lockjaw? I don't know. I didn't look that far. I, I imagine like a Danny DeVito type voice. Oh, d- d- like an angry the Eastern does, oh, I'm, East I'm Coast Travis. voice. He doesn't talk. Oh, he doesn't? No. Oh. No, he's just like a big dog who can teleport. Well, what's the point of having him on there if he can't talk? Because that's just the character. He's just a okay. big, playful, lovable... He doesn't talk in the comic books? No. I no. just assumed he did. Nope. Sorry. Shame on me. The The kind of weird conceit about that is... You, I mean, you understand the concept of at uh, at the certain age, they're exposed to Terrigen Mists, and they have like a mutation in whatever right. way. Right, right. So the I think from what I understand the conceit behind that he's just like a big bulldog. He used to be a human. That was his. Mutation. Oh, okay. All right. So what if there's Terrigen mist in vape pens, and what if we're all getting exposed <laughs> to we're it? We're gonna have a lot of a lot of yeah. mutated dirt bags. What if it's just like a slow mutation, and every time somebody blows some vape out, every time someone vapes a. a Tattooed angel gets her wings. <laughs> yeah. You know. thought it smelled like cotton candy. It's really affecting my DNA. Uh, <laughs> Travis, the implications. Actually, that, that, that's, that's the a, best way to spread it, though. It's really more of a best case scenario. Our heroes our heroes will only be vapors. Vape. No, it, it, 
it uh, the thing that struck me the most. There's a little bit of an action sequence at the start of it, and um, if I told you it looked like it was out of a Universal Studios stunt show, would that mean anything to you? It hits me exactly. Just like I think ex- how you want it to. The explosions are the explosions are just air compressors that may you know make a big <laughs> in water. I think some of these shows we like use these again in a half hour. Like I like Agents of Shield. I like the cast, but there are some episodes that are just boring. Same with the DC TV stuff. Like I think if you're gonna make a TV based on a comic book. Just do a few episodes. Just do as much as you need to get the story across. You don't need twenty something episodes. It's, it's so much filler. On it's TV. an advantage of like streaming services. Like I'm sure when it's TV, like you order what is a standard season. Right. It's like we were talking before we started up about the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. The first episode is roughly forty minutes. The second episode, which we've both seen, is thirty three minutes long. You yeah. didn't need to put the filler in there. You just I will say make the episode be what what you need to have in it. I I will say that second episode it got done and I was like that didn't seem like a full episode. Yeah, it was short, but I mean, what if the next one's fifty minutes and it seems perfectly good? Like we'll see how that goes. Yeah. So uh, how'd you like second episode of Zimando? I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought him uh, chasing after the Jawas, that was really fun. It, it was kind of a throwback to Indiana Jones a little bit on the tank. Maybe maybe that's what made it feel like it was short, is that that episode was really more or less just two action sequences. Did it feel short because everybody except the Mandalorian in that episode was, short, was yeah. less than four feet tall? Uh, I, <laughs> the hairy rhino was pretty big. That's true. It's a, oh, God. It was like a moss, a moss. Ah, my son told me what it was called, and now I forgot. It had a name? Yeah, it's actually got a name. Did they refer to it in the episode? or? No, 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 no. You go to Wikipedia. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's okay. where you find where all the, this stuff. Where the, reals, the real ones go to Wikipedia. Um, yeah, it just... The, it's like a moss rhino or something like I can't remember. There's not much by way of exposition. It is literally two big action sequences. Yeah, and it was fun. <clears throat> There's there's some humor in there. You got uh, I can't remember the little guy's name. I the I have spoken guy. Nick Nolte. <laughs> yeah, Nick <Gary> Nolte. <laughs> I just love that he keeps ending everything with I am I have spoken. Do you think we're gonna see more of that guy? Uh, I don't know. Maybe <clears throat> if not season one, season two. I was I was kind of taken aback that the IG robot is Dunzo in the first step. I thought maybe we were gonna see him get repaired. But you can you can see more IG robots. Also, honestly, it, it was really funny that last week we were talking, we were kind of t- trying to talk around Baby Yoda, and now you cannot escape that. Yeah, it's everywhere. <clears throat> it is. A, in fact, if you listen to the rest of the episode, it it got blabbed out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it, later on in the episode, after we were very careful did, about not did revealing Spence it, do it or did Adam? No, it was Adam, and he hasn't even seen it. He's like, yeah, he, he "Oh, you want to talk about Baby Yoda?" Well, I. <laughs> I, I don't blame him because, like I said, it was funny that we were trying to... It was probably even by the end of that episode, he had just looked at his phone once and realized that, right. you know, everyone's talking about that that baby. And, oh, my God, I cannot wait until... Uh, I cannot wait until they either establish a race or give Baby Yoda a name. So right. calling, it ba- calling it Baby Yoda is a little hinky. It is, but what else? Like, what else are you gonna call it? Baby, that guy. It's also fun to say, Baby Yoda. Because technically speaking, there is a Yoda and there's a Yaddle. Would yeah. You, Travis, let's take a stand. Let's call it Baby Yaddle. Yaddle is probably like Yoda's like brother. 
I think Yaddle was. What if a, it's only one family? I think Yaddle was a female. Oh, really? I think. Oh, uh, I can't remember. It does. It does. It did have Yaddle. No did have hair. Yeah. This, this is Yoda and Yaddle's love child. That's that's what I said. Another. They had to uh, hide it away for Order sixty six. Uh, uh, someone on Twitter had said, like, you know, like, uh, no, nobody asked for it, but Disney is uh, making sure everybody knows that Yoda clap cheeks. I mean, that is typical Star Wars, where some, if they're going to introduce a character, it has to have uh, a, a backstory it or a relation. Family, a relation. Yeah. Uh, the smallest neighborhood in the galaxy far, far away. Ba- Baby Yoda is a Skywalker. That's what we're going to find out. <laughs> Actually, Princess, ba- Leia. Yoda, Baby Princess y- Leia was his mother. No. <laughs> Baby Yoda is raised parents. Both, and that's the thing. Baby Yoda is both raised parents. That's what we're going to find out. <laughs> he that's impregnated what they're himself. They're trying to soften the blow on that one. That's what we're going to find out in uh, Rise of Skywalker. It is cute. And my wife just kept going. He's so cute. And my wife's not even super into Star Wars. But she just kept talking about how Baby Yoda was so adorable. I've I've heard more than one uh, person that I listen to, uh, a, a woman who, you know, will kind of flippantly talk about, you know, how kind of infantile Star Wars can be. But as soon as Baby Yoda gets mentioned, like, oh, it's Baby Yoda. I have never bought anything Star Wars for my wife because she likes it fine, but she doesn't like it like I do. But if I got her something for Christmas, if they've got to have it, like just waiting for Disney Plus to come out so they can start loading the the trailers with oh, yeah. boxes and boxes of Baby Yoda. I but also, if I got her something Baby Yoda, she would actually probably squeal. She thought it was so cute. <laughs> I also saw someone uh, posit that uh, Disney just basically made a Funko Pop a character, <laughs> kind and of, and that kind of like Ugh. it is slightly different because it's got it's really dark pupils. Where Yoda has a blue, blue or green? I don't know. But like from a distance, from a distance, it, it looks black, and it right. maybe Yoda really does look a lot like a Funko. <laughs> yeah, he does for sure. But it is cute. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was going to have force powers. We know now that yeah, he has he has some force powers. Not only not only force powers, but kind of knows how to use it. We know now that uh, Yoda could eat things. We never really saw Yoda eat. We saw him Can, cooking stew. Like a like a snake. It was an entire frog. Yeah. So, I mean, I just remember Yoda making stew in no, Empire Strikes Back. Nobody out there talking about the morbidity of what happened to that poor frog. Yeah, he just swallowed it swallowed whole. Swallowed alive. Like, that thing, that's going to be a slow digestion. That frog didn't die right away. And it was weird. He was just kind of, you know okay with him blowing up Jawas. Ba- Baby Yoda? <laughs> Baby Yoda complicit in frog torture. And also he kind of was responsible for the for the giant rhino's death. Uh, yeah. and, and uh, <laughs> look, It was kind of funny of, that one knife took that thing a down lot of instantly. Cool, you know what, man? You just gotta get that. You just, you know... It was, it was a John Wick move, you know? That's true. That... The Mandalorian is Star Trav, Wars John Wick. Trav, if instead he reached down to his boot and pulled out a pencil... <laughs> What a great callback that would be. That would have been cool. Callback yeah. to something not in Star Wars. Yoda, Baby Yoda is his dog. True. If somebody kills True. Baby Yoda, everybody's going to go get revenge. I think everybody will I, turn into the Baba Yaga. Speculation. Oh, what, what if Baby Yoda dies before the end? Like that, that is not going to happen. There is no way that happens. I do want to point out when we were uh, messaging back and forth, you are the one that referenced John Wick's nickname 
in the, reference to Baby, Baby Yoda, the, Baba Yaga, Baby Yoda. When you, when you first Yoda. said Baby Yoda, I'm like, oh, you mean John Wick's nickname? Yeah, <laughs> Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga is <laughs> close-ish to Baby Yoda. It's pretty close. It's close enough. Yeah, but it was a it was a lot of fun. Seeing the Jawas again was fun. Actually, kind of getting into their into their cockpit was kind of cool. Yeah, him, him and, down on it, you know, knees in his chest. I'm sure there's people that are upset because it's got the it's got little baby Yoda and then it's got Jawas laughing. I don't know. I thought it was fun. I'm fine with that stuff. Yeah. I th- someone I, I someone uh, on a forum I'm on wrote something of like the if y- you could look at it and say like it feels like it's not really people writing Star Wars so much as like standing over a box of toys and pulling all their <laughs> favorites out and playing with it. But it's being done in a really engaging way and, and who cares at this point? Yeah, it's it's entertainment. I was entertained. You're saying that now, though. I I am thinking that episode had a lot of kind of um, violent death. Yeah, things Swallowing exploding. Swallowing frog hole. Like <laughs> Jawa's just getting getting vaped, and uh, <laughs> that that rhino was just protecting its hairy egg. Its hairy little egg. Yeah, it was protecting its egg. And then so. <laughs> those disgusting little Jawas, when they chop the top yeah. off the egg and they just stick their hand in. Yeah, that's not sanitary. <laughs> I don't think any of them wash their hands. I mean, I guess it was unfertilized, judging by the the yolk that was coming out. I don't know. It's just all one big yolk. Well, there wasn't like a baby just, rhino it, in it. And I saw this said anywhere, but it, it was also where my mind went to. It's just one big Cadbury, one hairy Cadbury egg. <laughs> they should do that for Easter next year. Have a fuzzy Cadbury egg. That, you know, you know, making a mold, uh, making a mold that has that sort of whatever the hell is in Cadbury eggs that is so addictive, <laughs> but giving it like the mold like it's that hairy egg. Or as my son said, it looks like King Kong's testicle. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, so that yeah, fun episode. Not yeah. It, it it's kind of weird considering there's only like eight or ten episodes to just mm-hmm. have one episode that has zero exposition in it. That's just basically also also a fascination to be the Mando gets wrecked. Oh yeah, hard. he gets. Just torn apart by that just thing. Just gets his ass beaten into powder. <laughs> he was dead if not for Baby Yoda. You know, who's to say? Maybe he had a cool twist move with the knife. Maybe. Maybe he had a cool twist move in the pocket. The rhino had a bigger knife on the end yeah. of its nose. <laughs> oh man, like he just like he just like nose butts him on the ground. It's like, oh, that's gotta be a rib. <laughs> also, his chest plate in particular. You know, it looked like if you'd cut open a, a Coke can after you got done with it. Mm-hmm. Like those things from Twister that they made. I don't remember that. You don't remember that at the end of Twister? The way that they got him to work was that they cut a bunch of Pepsi cans. I think Pepsi <laughs> paid a bunch of money and they put them on the top so they had little fans to take them up into the huh. tornado. Dorothy? Yeah. One of them was named Dorothy, right? Is Twister a good movie, Travis? I saw it in theaters when it first came out, and I haven't seen it since. Do you think Twister's still a good movie, Travis? I liked it when it came out, so I don't really remember. I also liked it when it came out, but I'm pretty skeptical if I went back and watched Twister. I'd maybe kind of go like, this is... I enjoyed Helen Hunt at the time, so... Yeah. I I never stopped enjoying Bill Paxton, certainly. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I I was just thinking, uh, you said that there's no exposition necessarily in in episode two of The Mandalorian. 
but I think it kind of tells the story of the Mandalorian kind of maybe becoming attached to the baby. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think there's going to be a point coming up soon where he has to decide, do I take this back to <laughs> Verna Herzog? Do I give this to Verna Herzog? Or do I do something else with it? And I think if he didn't have this attachment, like the thing saved his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I think he was... I, I think the very moment at the end of the first episode when he kind of wiggles a finger at it, you could already tell that... Right, but this definitely cemented it. That uh, that he's soft Mando, check it and see. Yeah, I mean, so I think it kind Jason of it Jowers builds that. Say Utini. <laughs> I'm just gonna see if I can get it all. I'm I'm gonna go out there. Okay, I, we're Jake uh, Yankovic. I'm gonna make a uh, a hot hot blooded rip off that's hot man or soft Mando. Hot-blooded. All about all about how the Mandalorian he went soft. <laughs> Whew. That was bad. Why don't we talk about Mando. how fun Werner Herzog has been this week? Werner Herzog. <clears throat> I haven't been following it, actually. So, uh, a couple of stories. Werner Herzog is something of the kind of anti-Scorsese. I wouldn't say anti-Scorsese, but just the guy who is like, you know, you know what? I'm having fun with this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got two, uh, two great things coming out of uh, Werner. Was uh, about Werner Herzog, about the baby Yoda. Because... Um, <clears throat> So I guess the 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 baby the Baba Yaga is uh, largely practical effects, but uh, so it's mostly puppet. Mostly puppet, mostly if not all puppet. But uh, they kind of did two passes of most scenes with the with the baby Yoda. One one where they're you know doing it with the puppet, and one where they did a like a clean shot so that they could add a CGI character later, and. Um, at some point, apparently, Werner has a scene with the baby Yoda. Oh, really? And so uh, I'm, I'm going to try and get the exact quote because, you know, it's it's very, very Werner. It, it just said, that, you know, because they also had the quote of him talking about how he wasn't intimidated by John Favreau because he'd never seen a Star Wars and he'd never seen any of uh, Favreau's movies, which is fine. He didn't see Chef? <clears throat> apparently not. He didn't see Swingers? Uh, yeah, that doesn't seem like a, a Herzog film. You're so money, baby. You're so money. Uh, let me see. Oh no, this is the our little Warner's other one. all grown up. Our little baby Yoda's all grown up. He's all grown up. He's all grown up. No, and uh, grown up and grown up. He was up asked about up. it. Uh, he was asked about the baby Yoda. And he said, "I have seen it on this set. I have seen it on this set." He he began before veering into a passionate elucidation of his feelings on the petite marionette. <laughs> and it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreakingly beautiful. <laughs> he explained that, <laughs> that he witnessed two technicians operating its various mechanisms. One was for the eyes, the other the mouse. Or wait, I should do it like Mandalorian uh, angry Werner. And the other was for other facial expressions. And that it was phenomenal technological achievement. But beyond the technological achievement, it's heartbreaking. I would, hmm? He kind of looks a little bit like uh, Jeffrey Rush. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. There's a little bit there. But it's it said that it, it, he's quoted as saying that like it, it sparked something in him and made him cry. I mean, that is great puppeteering, <clears throat> right? Yeah, it's pretty good. But also there was another story where <laughs> they talked he they talked about the what I was saying about that they did a clean pass and the puppet and it said 
we would shoot clean plates because we could do a great ILM CGI character if we needed to. I know what Favreau said, but I'm sure he said it with an accent. <laughs> said it like. Let's see if I can do it. Uh, we want to try using old techniques. Within, you could always fall back on the CGI one if it didn't work, beautiful babies. <laughs> it's, good, it's good Favreau, right? Quality Favreau? There was a little more uh, Vince Vaughn, but we'll take so, it. So he said that the fun, it said here that uh, they did a scene with Favreau, or not with Favreau, with Herzog, with the puppet, and then took it away and said, like, we're going to do it again. And he goes, Herzog goes, what are you doing? <laughs> And, and he said, uh, Floney told Herzog they were removing the puppet to shoot a clean plate. Only Herzog didn't want the puppet removed. He wanted Favreau and Floney to believe in themselves and the puppet. He says, you are cowards. Leave it. Leave it. <laughs> Floney recrowned it and laughed at the crowd. He was so committed. He'd say, like, you are cowards. Believe in yourself. <laughs> so, you know what, dude? Werner Herzog's pretty great. Uh, yeah. I, I'm enjoying him in it. I'm enjoying... The Mandalorian altogether. Have you ever watched the Chef Show on Netflix? Nope. It's basically John Favreau having a cooking show with his famous friends. I should really sit down and watch Chef. I'll bet I would like it. One of the last, I think it's the last episode. They go to Skywalker Ranch, and Dave Filoni is is the guest on it. So they're cooking things that are only found at Skywalker Ranch, for the most part. I think there's meats and stuff like that, but it's all vegetables and stuff. And Dave Filoni, it's him and Favreau talking about just having fun making star wars stuff and i guess favreau was a character on the clone wars he got shot pretty sense. early i think well he's uh <laughs> he's the dude at the start of uh solo what gets murked oh really yeah the i don't even remember the little cgi dude at the start of solo ah. the crew you know oh I, yeah i do remember that yes he's the, like the little monkey guy yeah that climbs around yeah i do remember that now you know what i'm thinking that i want travis what do you want jake i want a netflix series that's just Werner herzog being taken around <laughs> to see like take things that are traditionally thought of to spark joy and put, put Werner herzog Werner herzog on it and see if see if it gets him like the, take, so you want him to do the same show that jeff goldblum is doing but actual genuine joy instead is, of jeff goldblum pretending that, to be joy is that what it is basically it's him uh going through life looking at simple things and pretending like he's amazed and aghast like take take <laughs> Werner herzog to popeyes and give him the spicy chicken sandwich do you know that this is this is better than most chicken sandwiches but uh <laughs> i i think i could do better and somebody comes to take the train my away, and he's Herzog like, is straying dangerously you are cowards you are cowards leave it leave it believe in yourself <laughs> believe in yourself <laughs> like, like take take Werner herzog like get him a i don't know what what are things that spark joy grizzly man yeah yeah that that uh <laughs> from what i understand that recording of a man being mauled to death by a grizzly did not spark joy in Werner herzog grizzly man is an everyday reference in my home have you you seen it then i imagine oh yeah yeah me and my son reference it back and forth all the time is it is it worth a watch? Is it Timothy Treadwell? I believe was the guy's name. Is it a funny watch? Like, I, I, obviously, it's not a funny uh, watch. A dude gets eaten by a bear at the end. But I, I mean, don't care that he gets eaten. I feel bad that his girlfriend gets eaten, but I'm perfectly happy that he gets eaten because he's a moron. Yeah, yeah, I've heard as much. He's a dum dum that never should have been so close to these animals and assuming no. that these animals wanted to be his friends. They are giant. Travis bears are bears. Yeah, they're they're giant just super strong animals and they do what comes naturally to them and if that is 
kill a person, then then they will do that. I mean, hopefully it doesn't come to that, but it did in this case, and he got his girlfriend killed. So I feel bad about that, but him dying, you're like, yeah, that was going to happen. Inevitable. But it is ridiculous to see him interact the way he does, and the fact that he lasted so long. It's basically, <laughs> Timothy Treadwell was Superdell. Do you remember Superdell? If, if oh, you're yeah. from Utah, you oh, remember yeah. Superdell. Superdell is one of the... Superdell is one of the greatest fixtures of like Utah <laughs> pop culture. He's a he sucks real yeah. bad, but uh, he Superdell Shanzi, Superdell Shanzi is a stupid piece of Utah pop culture that I think I think got beyond Utah as a known quantity. Like there are people outside of Utah who know of Superdell because he is he his presence was so weird and then you find out oh he really is kind of that guy if you wherever no matter where you live in the world if you're listening to this and i know we do have listeners all over the world and thank you for listening uh just think of a local commercial in in your town where it's usually maybe like a in this case it was a guy that owned a computer store but think of a a, a local car car dealership and the owner of the store is the one doing the commercial and they try to be wacky and funny and they're really just crazy people. That's basically what Superdell was. <laughs> yeah, he... It, it, he kind of lost his business. At one point, he was buying these little uh, these little tiny uh, propelled planes for one person, kind of like you would see in a James Bond movie. And he was like flying it over the freeway and just causing all sorts of mischief. But he was... It, you could tell things aren't going to end well for this guy. And that's basically the guy in Grizzly, in Grizzly Man. You could tell it wasn't going to end for him. Um, looking up well. Totally Awesome Computers commercials on YouTube. <laughs> I'm not seeing uh, I'm not seeing a lot of the commercials, but there's a lot of Super Del Shanzi content on here. He's a cuckoo. If you're if he's, he's listening to this, I don't know. He'll probably sue us for mentioning his name. Yeah. I think that's the kind of per- uh, I'll just go edit all of it every time we say <laughs> Super Del Shanzi. Just put in that clip that says "looks like an Ian." (laughs) Looks like an Ian. Um, you ever are you familiar with Good Mystical or Good Mythical Mornings at all? Uh, My son Cameron is super into uh, Rhett and Link. I'm kind of similar in that it is Rhett and Link, right? Yeah. Uh, For a second there, I said it out loud, and I was like, "Wait, is that is that a uh, a video game?" Gabe, <laughs> it, was, it was early PS One. It seems like yeah. No, uh, Gabe was <clears throat> Gabe was pretty into Good Mythical Mornings for a while, and since then I've heard Rhett and Link guest on a, a bunch of podcasts I listen to, and they're actually really funny. Pretty, I've heard them on uh, Jimmy Pardo's podcast. Yeah, I've heard them really on. Uh, yeah. I've heard them on Never Not Funny a few times. They're they're pretty charming, uh, pretty nice seeming guys uh-huh. they one of the things that got them their start is that they made a uh, commercial for red house for a local business called red house furniture <laughs> and i don't i don't want to get into it too much there's kind of a i wouldn't well what do i, what do I care if i'm gonna spoil it's been out there forever the, the they do this great jingle this great jingle they just it's just these two guys going at the red house furniture and the conceit is where black people and white people buy furniture. And then there's like a, a little a jiggle at the end. And Mexican people too. And this was a legit commercial <laughs> that, that they did. It's pretty catchy and pretty funny. It's it, kind of it like, like, a, it's like a Nathan Arizona. It's unpainted Arizona. Yes. It's kind of in that same from uh, Raising yeah. Arizona. In that weird vein of local, locally made commercials starring the owner of the business. You know that ti- that ties into our episode of the uh, Mandalorian. What was on the p- pajamas, Travis? 
What was it? Was it Yoda? I, I don't know. Yoda's and shit. Yoda's. That is one of my favorite quotes from that movie. And, and really like a, a top tier quote of, for, to me, it is so funny that that's the answer is like, could you tell us anything about what was on his pajama? Or, or he's like, Do you, what was on the pajamas, Mr. Arizona? I, I don't know. Yoda's or shit. I like, uh, he's awful damn good. I think I got the best one. Yeah. Yeah. We were uh, talking, I was talking with some comedians uh felipe esparza and his guys we were talking about that movie because one of them started watching it in the hotel room and i said did it get to the part where she starts talking about how she can't have kids i can't oh, remember the exact i was just gonna bring it, or are you uh, talking about where are you talking about her where she talks about my womb was a cold rocky yeah, place yeah. or some, something like that yeah where my where my seed could find no purchase yeah, where, where my seed could find no yeah purchase. oh no I, th- I was thinking of later on when they're talking to those friends and that guy keeps <laughs> referencing that they can't have kids on account of my semen <laughs> yeah that that boy that movie's really funny it is it's a great movie if you've that's, never seen raising arizona that's you should one definitely of those seeming it. hit and miss movies for people and i don't get it because I, I feel like raising arizona is just soup to nuts really funny quotes i think it's probably one of the funniest movies of the 80s i think so yeah like top to bottom, start to finish, everybody in the cast is just knocking the, it out of the it's park. It's not just funny lines, but everybody in it, the performance they're giving is like the characters are really well fleshed out. The tone of the movie, even like the music, you get these like crazy yodeling songs while he's yeah. running away from the cops like and he drops draw, the diapers and he has to go back and get them. Like early Coen brothers and you can you can draw a line from... If you watch, if you in a vacuum for whatever reason didn't know kind of the lineage of the Coen Brother movies, mm-hmm. you could watch Raising Arizona and start watching Big Lebowski and go like, "Oh, did the guys who made Raising Arizona do this?" <laughs> yeah, that, there's definitely a correlation there. Both very funny. How how you land on uh, Big Lebowski? I haven't seen it all the way through. I've seen little bits of it, pretty much till the end. Uh, it it's what I've seen of it. It's it's fun. I don't know if it's like my favorite movie, but. When I was in Ogden, actually, with uh, Adam, we saw I saw all these guys with beards wearing robes, and I'm like, "What is going on?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, there was like some sort of uh, at the theater up here. They're doing is some a, sort of Big Lebowski. Is it a Big Lebowski showing or, or something a like Fat that? Or festival? It was basically <laughs> same or, thing. Or yeah. is it just a bunch of guys? Same thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a bunch of dudes. So." Um, I, it was like I, Dude Fest or something like that. When Lebowski came out, I went and saw it, and I kind of didn't get it. But then a few years ago, I watched it. I was like, oh, yeah, wow, this is really funny. Which, I, I that's another thing is I feel like that has a, a, the big, like a big enough kind of fan cult following that I could see how you could have not seen Big Lebowski and then watch it and be like, people have ruined this for me. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, just all the references you hear, you know, ties the room together you know you're yeah. out of your element donnie that but kind the, of stuff that movie has a lot of really great funny moments in it too for sure i don't know if uh if you've seen this on netflix but there's a new season of the toys that made us have you seen any of those i still haven't watched a single episode oh really you need to get on those they're yeah, fun man my backload my backlog my backload of your backload watch i don't want to watch your backload all due uh, respect you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna, my cup of tea i am going to I am going to – this Herculean effort to not follow that line of joking. Travis, this is a family show. You, I think I think I finished it. <laughs> you, uh, anyway, uh, anyway, Toys That Made It, it's fun because you see all these toys from your past and they do it in kind of a – it's a fun, quirky way. 
but the new season what is they, yeah what do they focus on the new season is uh ninja turtles power rangers uh my little pony and wrestling toys hmm there's this guy he on the wrestling toy episode he uh he's one of the guys that worked for galoob and <laughs> galoob. He, he's probably in his 60s now but they come to his house to film him I for the documentary and his, the the amount of dandruff from his oh, beard dear. on his shirt is just like I don't want to be nitpicky about people's personal appearance, but if somebody on the camera crew would have just walked up, pinched his shirt, and give it a little pop just to get with, some of that dandruff just off. Just hit him of, with one of those uh, little spray cans you use on your computer keyboard. Yeah, it was so, it just like, oh, it it was, it made me gag. It I'm sure like, probably the production <laughs> people on set looked at it and they noticed it but went like, well, at least it's staying on him. I don't know. It was like... Seems like a perfectly nice guy otherwise, but how do you not, how do you let like, that? Have you ever opened up something that has packing peanuts in it? It yeah. goes everywhere. Yeah. See, the other time I've seen this recently, and I think it's the why it bugs me, is I was watching a documentary about the amazing Jonathan, and it was the same thing. Like, the amazing Jonathan, you were on TV. You were an entertainer. This guy thought he was entertaining. He wanted to, you know, be part of the wrestling community, and that's why he kept pursuing wrestling companies so he wanted to be in the limelight but how do you how are you that non-self-aware that you don't know maybe that was that his, your black shirt is covered that was his persona it was beard dandruff guy he's like gets up to you know gets up to the wwe and like oh your persona you're flaky flanders so instead of the green mist he'd like blow <laughs> dandruff of, into his competitor's that's his face of fuji dust yeah it would blind them, and then he could go for the schoolboy. You know, like reaching around. That's when he gives him his his uh, his uh, his patented move, the Selsun Blue. Gives him the roll up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it, it was still fun to watch all these old wrestling do they, toys. Did they go into any of the like commercials for wrestling toys? Because I feel like there, that there's was, a little bit. That yeah. was maybe one of my favorite things. Wrestling toy commercials where they they would get the actual wrestlers were usually pretty hilarious yeah there's a little bit of that they start with kind of like the lgn toys was it wrestling toys the one where like sting comes into somebody's house and starts throwing the kid around the house i think there was one like that but i don't think they showed it but there was the wrestling buddies do you remember the wrestling buddies they covered that that a little bit kind of stuffed animal ones yeah they were basically pillows (laughs) yeah yeah i remember those they showed a commercial for that there was it's a lot of fun i also watched the ninja turtle one that was a lot of fun, and it kind of goes through uh, the history of the comic book as the well Eastman as, and as the toys. Stuff, yeah. And it, it kind of goes through the Eastman and Laird story and how one of them sold their rights to the other one just to kind of preserve it. And then the other one sold all of the rights for like $600 million <laughs> or something like that. And then it, it shows them at the end kind of coming back together and uh, kind of you know going down memory lane. Just takes but a you swing can, at him. <laughs> You can tell there's still a little bit of bad blood there. Over he like it. lulls him into a sense of false security. And then <clears throat> right. from the shadows, here comes the flaky Flanders with a <laughs> folding chair on his back. There is a lot of fun stuff in there. That's where you've seen the gifts for the, the battle cat gifts. The battle cat. Gifts. Or maybe it was just a clip that you saw about oh, uh, the, uh, yeah, about the guy talking about, yeah, the, put him on a Panther or something yeah, like that. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's the show where all that comes yeah, from. Yeah, I. They go in like on the Barbie one. It's pretty fun because you find out Barbie was was based on like a an adult toy from Amsterdam that somebody that saw. 
incredibly that seems incredibly <laughs> reasonable. I would believe that. It's in true. A That's where they were inspired to make Barbie. I think. <laughs> I think a lot of people, maybe in our age group, like some of their first initial tingly feelings, like, you know, your midsection getting a headache came from, you know, your sister's Barbie doll was sitting on the phone. You're like, huh? Huh? I'm trying to think like where my, like maybe like Elizabeth Shue in Karate Kid or Phoebe Cates in Gremlins. It wasn't anything super revealing. It was just like, like a really pretty older girl that you know was cool kind of made me like oh like b arthur maybe more like blanche okay <laughs> blanche, you know what you can have your own taste my i man. probably did go for, through a blanche phase i'm not gonna lie <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a brick shit house kind of guy <laughs> uh <laughs> so yeah you I, like some structure <laughs> oh yeah 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 i want to climb in up your on, stories in your life to, and in your golden girls yeah <laughs> Yeah, I like a lot of I like a lot of exposition. Let's say you like somebody that can get something off the top shelf, if you know what I'm talking about. I, I want to have to climb up on top of it. <laughs> oh, jeez, I'm sorry, B. Arthur. I know you're not out there, but I'm still really sorry. You were in the holiday special, so <clears throat> yeah. Is the holiday special on there now? No, no, it's not. No, but it's garbage. Didn't they I've say seen it was going to be on there? I don't think really they ever said that. I, I don't know if Lucas sold there. that. And uh, just for for everybody that's mad at Disney for having. Uh, the whole Han shot first thing on there. Did you ever think that maybe that's what George Lucas sold to them? Because he's the one that edited that. Oh, that's that's not Disney's fault at all. Right. That is one hundred percent George Lucas's. I really think that's the that. version of the movies that he sold to them. People want. That, I don't think they own the original. George Lucas is an incredible baby about it because <laughs> the, I have a hard time believing you're going to find a majority, even a mid or a high minority of people who would say, no, that's the version I want. It is 100% George Lucas's. I, this is my ball. I will take it and go home and then sell it to Disney. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got the original versions. So on video, did they, I, don't I have they them on made, DVD. Those are not official Travis. Yes, they are. Travis. They're official. What, what I swear did to you, you buy those? Out okay. Of? I'm going to, I'm going to find them because my son doesn't believe me either. And I'm like, they're, Travis, I think they're you, in a box in my basement I am not somewhere. judging that, and I'm maybe envious of you, but you definitely bought bootlegs. I don't think so. They never sold DVDs of the original I'm gonna find them. Trilogy. I'm going to find them so I can look and double check. <clears throat> I don't think they're bootlegs. I think they put them out for a very, very short time. You're going you're gonna to look at them, and it's going to say Stair Wars, and it's going to have... Stair Wars? You know, Photoshopped. <laughs> Han, it's Han Solo on, like, the cover, on the actual poster for, like, Star Trek Generations. <laughs> it's Darth Vader's helmet and Boba Fett's helmet, and neither one of them are the blinking. You drive-in swap meet, didn't you? <laughs> no. I think I bought them at Media Play. I... It doesn't get more legit than a company that's out of business. I am... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. True. <laughs> Uh, so I, I guess also briefly, did did you see the updated Sonic? <laughs> uh, the trailer, yeah. I thought it looks fine. Y- yeah. Somebody made a post about it actually uh, in the last couple of days, and it basically said, "Hey, everybody that complained about how Sonic looked when this movie comes out, if you don't go see it, then you're a hypocrite because this." Movie studio listened to us. They went no, back, spent $35 million. Like, I know, but the point is they spent $35 million to fix it to make the people happy. So if you now don't go see it, then why should any movie studio ever listen to any any fan out there the, ever again? Okay. 
there there are two both both things can be true at the same time. Okay, number one, they should not have listened to whiny fans. Number two, the original one was terrible. It was terrible, yes. And it looks good now. I think they probably shouldn't have made the movie because <clears throat> do kids even know who Sonic the Hedgehog is? It'll, now? That movie They should have made it ten years ago. Okay, I guess you have to look at it in pre and post new Sonic budget, what mm-hmm. that means, but that movie'll do fine. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff bombing. Charlie's Angels bombed super hard. Charlie's Angels was Char- this is a chill this is a movie for kids. It's it's almost hard when you get enough backing on a children's movie, it's almost hard for it to fail. I don't know. There's Depending a lot on of them out made. there that seem to bomb now. I'm I'm pretty I I'm pretty sure it'll be fine. I wanted to go see Charlie's also, Angels. Also, Travis, it won't be a good movie. It will be probably a middling, not. No, uninteresting kind of you've you've seen this movie before kind of a movie. It's the whole thing I don't like. Let's bring the character from another world which, into our world, which will be which will be right in line with your average Sonic game. <laughs> they're not, they're you run real fast. You pick up uh, little circles. They're they're not even really particularly great games. A couple of the original, I mean, the original ones. They were ones, cool at first, you know the what I mean? The original ones. To see them was really cool. Those original Sonic games were always bootleg Mario, kind of. Kind of. Anyone who owned Except a, it was high speed. Anyone who owned a Sega and would it, people who were fans of Sonic, those games, the majority of them were, my mom wouldn't buy me a Nintendo. They bought me this anyway, so... I guess I have to pretend like this is the better one. I will say Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, looks better than the Super Mario Brothers movie. So, Yes. I'll give them that. Yes. Uh, yes. Like, am I going to sit here and defend the Super Mario Brothers movie? <laughs> like, I would look at, like, I, I would find the Super Mario Brothers movie more interesting in that it's such a train wreck and it's at least got Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo <laughs> and, and Dennis Hopper. It's like, got Mario Mario. Yeah, it's got Mario. Like, the Super Mario Brothers movie <laughs> is is terrible. Yeah, again, two things are true. Is it terrible? Yes. Is it kind of fascinating? Yes. Does it predict 9-11? In fact, it does. Does it? Yes. There's a scene in there at the very end where uh, the Twin Towers get erased because of the whatever's going on right. between King Koopa and... Uh, Super Mario brother or the Mario producers of the first uh, Spider-Man movie wish that they'd listen to <laughs> or do you know that whole thing? I remember the, the teaser the, trailer. I think a, a lot of the, but like a certain amount of budget had to go into fixing some of the scenes post. Well, there was also a teaser trailer where Spider-Man catches some bad guys and he like uh, has a web that spans the two twin yeah. towers and that's where he ties up the bad guys. Yeah. Was it, was that the first one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. In Just the, something that I thought of. Remember that. Anyway. Right. Uh, the Sonic movie, the the new Sonic lo- looks good. It's going to be a bad movie. Uh, the Probably. original design was terrible, which actually is going to lead me to another thing I saw today, which uh, goes into the deep hole of uh, studio notes was, did you see the thing about... Uh, who originally uh, studio exec wanted to cast his hair? Oh Tommy. yes, Julia Roberts. I did see that. Did you look? Did you look much farther into that? Uh, yeah, basically, <clears throat> when somebody said no, we can't cast Julia Roberts as Harriet Tubman, 
Harriet Tubman was a was an African American woman, and, and I and guess a, the exec said also a significantly right. important historical yeah a historical you know hero, and I guess the studio exec said. It's been so long, people aren't going to know the difference. Did you see from when this story comes from? No. Yeah, that was... The the headline on it gets a little buried. Like, number one, it is a story someone's telling. Right. Which I, I think I, I, I could easily believe would happen. But it's also a story from 1994. <laughs> when... The, I think... I can't remember. Someone who's connected to the, the, the Tubman movie said uh just basically said when this thing has been gaining traction since 1994 and that was one of the original like oh we've been pitching this like we want to make a harriet tubman biopic and an exec said like well how about we get julia roberts which Hmm. in 1994 i can 100% see that happening because people just didn't know 94 was still an era where you you cast white people to play minorities well and and can i don't think this is a This is clearly somebody who didn't know Harriet Tubman or the Underground Railroad. This isn't like, uh, yeah, we'll cast so-and-so to play this ethnic character and get away with it. Uh, this is, that'd be like, so you know, casting, I don't know, Brad Pitt to play. Would it be, would it be like casting Scarlett Genghis Johansson? Genghis Khan. Would it be like casting Scarlett Johansson in a role that should have been a Japanese woman? No, it would be way different. It would be even worse. But I just said Brad Pitt is Genghis Khan. Then I remembered they cast John Wayne to play Genghis Khan. So. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we should go rape and pillage, pilgrim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but what the, the, the... I really want to do a deep dive. And I, I, I couldn't because I just saw this story today. I want to... It almost to- looked clickbaity to me, to be honest with you. It's a, it is a little clickbaity in that, in that it's a story. It's a story someone's it's still funny <laughs> that happened. In, there's just no way to confirm it. Someone's right. like a stu- the actual studio exec is not being named. It is a story that is what like almost thirty years old at this point. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, <laughs> so no one can confirm it. There's just some someone who's talking about it threw that out there. It could easily be just blown smoke. But I also think it is a surprisingly, not surprisingly, I think it's a, a very believable story. The fact that they've been trying to get this movie made since 1994, it kind of tells you why you can get like several movies of the same theme. Like you can get two volcano movies or two oh, yeah. asteroid movies because somebody's working on it and it goes to a studio and then the studio's like, now nah, we're going to pass on it. And then later they're like, we should just make you our think, own. You think the same year as the Tubman movie, we're going to get the you know, like underground gondola? I mean, movie? you could. It wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility, but I I know that there was a very similar thing uh, with the Malcolm X movie because they were trying to make a Malcolm X movie going clear back to the early '80s. Because when I was doing my research about Richard Pryor, uh, they were actually thinking about casting Richard Pryor as Malcolm X. And then he was having troubles, so they were going to cast Eddie Murphy. And then he started having troubles, and that's when they went to eventually Denzel Washington. But it was like over a decade they were trying to get that movie made. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of how these parallel projects happen, I think, is because they're taking so long 
the other people are like, well, we could do one of those too. I thought you were going to go to the Armageddon. Uh, well, yeah, that's what deep I impact. Yeah, that's what I meant by you know asteroid movies or uh, Dante's Peak and I, was it just volcano? But what I what I really want to and I think I I brought this up before is I want to see if there's any kind of resource a like a uh, timeline of studio notes. And I, I, I really want to find, I wish I could find examples of when the studio notes worked out because I can't figure out lots of times when something dumb is in a movie, something bad is in a movie, you know, like, like this Tubman thing. And, and probably the, the bad Sonic is a studio came in and said, well, you know, this play, we believe that a more realistic looking, like, you know, we're making a live action movie. You can't have this cartoonist looking hedgehog. I mean, it's, Got to look like a real hedgehog to some degree. Kind you know who was originally supposed to play Sonic the Hedgehog? Whom? Julia Roberts. Yeah, he got me there. <laughs> he got me. I want to find a... I, first of all, I just want to hear the stories of this was a studio exec decision and see what kind of weird things happened because somebody came <laughs> along and said, like, oh, well, we feel like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. We feel like Danny DeVito is good, big right now. He should play uh, Harry Truman. <laughs> studios are crazy like i was watching a documentary about uh the snow queen which basically turned into frozen but uh while disney wanted to make that clear back in the 40s and it's gone in and out of development several times like probably a dozen times and it kind of worked its way into what eventually frozen turned into it's like uh, every 10 years or so the frozen script came up yeah go like look we're not going to make the Jews the villains. <laughs> and finally, Pixar came along and said, well... They said, let it go. What if it's a boyfriend she just barely met? Well, now they're saying uh, Elsa... A lot of people think Elsa is gay. I thought that was a confirmed thing. I don't know if it is or not. I thought that was a confirmed thing. Is it confirmed? About, I thought oh, I don't it was... Know. I, I'll try and do some research on it. I thought that was a confirmed thing. Yes, you go home and Google, is Elsa a lesbian? Yeah, and I'm going to Let's, gonna, I'm let's sure I'm see what fan art comes stuff. up. Elsa lesbian. I remember at the time <laughs> that, that I thought that was a thing that was out there, that Elsa's whole character is supposed to be kind of an analog for, you know, a, a homosexual's kind of journey. Well, I could see that. So I don't, I don't know. Either that or they did a good job uh, accidentally making it that. I could see that with uh, Han Solo and Chewie, though, too. So, I mean, you, you can find things wherever Most you want to find. Most homosexuals meet in a gay mud pit. <laughs> That's true. I, I read that on the internet. I'm to understand that to what, uh, you know. And then Harrison Ford That's and what, Buck. That's what I... Buck. Oh, Buck. Just to bring it back. Buck. Buck. Give me the bottle of peanut butter, Buck. <laughs> well, we're at an hour. We should probably wrap this film Yeah, up. you got it. Okay, so, hey, Trav, my dude, what you got going on? Anything? Uh... This weekend, I'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out with Pablo Francisco. Oh yeah, yeah. Take him. Like I'm gonna Pablo take him Francisco. to radio. Maybe you'll hear me on the radio. I don't know. Give me a heads up if you're gonna be on. Yeah, I'll let you know for sure. I'd, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let him know I've got a, a good John Goodman impression now. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were going. We were had. I had fun with doing impressions with him last time. So do, do, see what I've got going. You guys just shoot uh, impressions back and forth, or you do you, do you ever? Okay, so. If you were someone he who professionally does, does them, I do them for does, fun with friends. If prof, if impressions were done on this show, which of course they're not, there's a magical device that calls forth the essence and right. or spirit right. of these people. But if you were a person who did impressions, do you ever feel like you want to 
Is it just something you would want to experiment with? Is it just something like, well, I think I can do that. I'm going to try and do it. Or would you be interested in someone like when you were with Pablo, did you ever say like, Hey, what's your methodology on doing impressions? Like, how do you, how do you sort of draw these things out? I don't, I don't know how to work it into bits is I can't figure out how to make it seem natural. Like in a conversation, if I'm doing it with a friend or doing something on here, you know, that kind of thing with you, then it just comes out naturally because it's fun. Cause you know, I enjoy the company of person, the people, but when I'm on stage, it's weird. I don't know how to do that. And some people do it great. I just don't know how to work that into conversation. Maybe if I started doing crowd work, it would just kind of come out a little bit more. I think, uh, I think a lot of it boils down to finding, finding, uh, the thing that's about them or be being able to establish bits like, well, this is, you know, uh, you know, I think Celine Dion, who was see, trying to buy a frappe, would say I don't like. A little like see, this. I don't like that. That's not that's not my cup of tea. I think it can be. I mean, Kevin Kevin Pollock. Have you heard his? I've seen him live. Have, yeah. Have you ever heard? Or did, I don't know if he does it on stage, but uh, I, him doing um, uh, walking. Yeah, doing walking. Yeah, on he Bob does it on Tom. stage. Does he talk about his 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 talking? He basically says that uh, having a conversation with Christopher Walken is he never is talking about the thing you're talking about. And then he starts doing the impression. But he's actually met Christopher Walken, so that's kind of the difference is he's telling, it, he's telling, telling a story. Are you telling me you think it only works if they've met the person? I think it works better for me if they've met the person. The fact that he's met Christopher Walken. You honestly you can't get in. into an impression unless they can say, like, I, I don't know out with this guy. I'm not saying I can't. I'm just saying me personally, <clears throat> as far as doing it, I don't know. Maybe it's because I also don't have a, a lot of uh, confidence in my impressions. I think they're fun to do. I don't think they're like I'm uh, sorry, you professional. Do yeah, occasionally <laughs> here and there. I don't think I do like high quality professional person impressions. Does that make sense? I do them for fun. And and, and that, but that, I guess that's the question I'm asking. Is like you don't you don't have uh, you're not really interested in doing the science. You just the fun of it comes from like the on the spot, like just I'm going to yeah. try and do this. And even if it's bad, I'm going to try and find the fun in it. Yeah, more or less. Okay. It's supposed to be fun for me. Okay. So. so what you're saying is nobody's you're hiring me to do these voices. You're a casual. But what But what if they could? If they could, that would be great. Then I would probably look for the What if you were science. in Trolls 3 doing it, John Goodman? Trolls 3? Are yeah. they making it? I, Is I, he in it? I damn bet they will. Well, if they ever do like a, a Disney Plus Monsters, Inc. series and they need... They need a Sully, and John Goodman doesn't want to do it. I guess you're never gonna you're never gonna get that. I'll throw my hat in the ring, Trav. Fair enough. So, but and that I guess that was the curiosity is like when you hang out with Pablo, do you ever say like, hey, how do you kind of zero in on these things? Is there a way that you look at it and how you approach it, or you just that's just not your bag? I will ask him that. Travis, don't do me any favors. (laughs) I'll I'll try. I'll try and pick his brain. Don't don't pity Pablo me. Pity Pablo. I'll pick his brain about it. How about that? Fair. I, I'd be. I would be interested in what he had to say. Okay. So uh, we'll do. Look out for uh, Francisco facts next week. <laughs> uh, you doing anything else, my man? Uh, let's see. Next week, you've still I'll got, be. You still got Ogden coming up at the end of the month, right? Ogden? No. I thought it was Ogden. It, where is it that you're doing on the 29th? That is downtown Salt Lake. Oh, okay. So next week, Excuse when you me. listen to this, it's November. <clears throat> well, it's going to be like the 20th. That Wednesday, next Wednesday, basically. Enjoy I'm, your Frank or your Thanksgiving, you bunch of jackasses. Yeah, 
I'll be hosting open mic the day before Thanksgiving. And then the day after Thanksgiving and Saturday, which is the 29th and 30th. Black Friday, you say? Yeah, I'll be hosting uh, downtown at Wise Guys Downtown with Steve Simone, who is a, he's a really good dude, and I'm excited. He's a he's a regular regular at the comedy store. He's doing all sorts of like uh, charity type things for people. He's a good guy, so I'm excited to be on those shows. Cool beans and corduroy cool jeans. Cool beans. Man. Cool beans and corduroy jeans. I've never heard that one. Uh, that's because I just did it right now. It's not <laughs> a thing. <laughs> it is now. It is now. So uh, if you would like to get a get at us about our corduroy jeans from years gone by, zip zip zip. zip later zip, to zip. later to the tater at gmail.com is our email address. We're always looking out for corduroys. Please tell us about your tell us about your uh, Christmas time corduroy uh, traditions. The corduroy shoes that your mama wore. She was dressed like that because she was a whore. Ooh, you think ho, that, ho, ho. You think there's people out there with a corduroy fetish, like dressing that and then rub your leg like that? Man, like, that is. Ooh. You're oh, just asking for punishment. Oh, do the corduroys buck. If somebody has a corduroy fetish, they have some real issues. Hey, man. <laughs> look, hey, look. If you're out there and you've got a corduroy fetish, Let us you know, know what? You dodged the bullet on some much more dicey fetishes. So <laughs> congratulations. I got no problem with you. Um, if you also, if you like this corduroy talk, please subscribe to this podcast. Uh, you know, give us a five star rating. Give us a one sentence review. It's a good way for us to get visible on the uh, on the Apple podcast. We would also love it if you would tell your friends. That's how it gets us visible with your friends, Doy. How about a band named Corduroy Kids? <clears throat> I got a band name for you. <laughs> All right. Blue Wave Theory. Blue Wave Theory. They Booyah. do the music that we use. We appreciate the usage. It's great stuff. I love it. Love it to death. Oh, now you don't even have to put it on, man. Acoustic I love it. set. I really do love that that rockabilly surf music. It's awesome. Okay. Well, good times. Well, thanks, Blue Wave Theory. Thanks, Blue Wave Theory. For rockabilly music that Travis likes out there, this is Late to the Party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake Dahl, gosh darn it. Not Ian. Not Ian. I am Jake Ian Dahl. And I'm Travis Tate. You can like me on like at Travis Tate Funny on all that all that stuff. I forgot to say that. But you know what? That's a weird nickname. Better Tate than never. <laughs>